0: This is SB Nation Radio and
1: SBNationRadio.com.
0: Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. Definitely a story that's gaining more and more traction, rightfully so. Bringing up a lot of different points and forms of discussion. And it's not just because we don't have... Live activity. This is the NFL. This is big business. And this is an important issue at its core. And we know how we treat NFL things, no matter what it may be in the off season. It's something that gets our attention and keeps our attention. It's a big story. Jim Trotter had it. Two days ago, the piece on NFL.com we mentioned, we've been discussing, is up. And we're thankful, grateful to go to the Progressive Guest Line. Bring in Jim Trotter. Covers all things for the NFL. Again, the piece up on NFL.com. At Jim Trotter underscore NFL. One of the best minds in the business and beyond, Jim. It's always a pleasure to hear your voice. And first and foremost, hope all is well with you and yours.
1: All is well, man. Same to you and yours.
0: Let's look at this story that came out. How close is it right now to being a reality or at the very least being voted on on Tuesday? I know that the NFL refused to comment and there are people coming out believing that it may not be. I trust you what you have, though.
1: No, I think there's a lot of controversy behind it right now. So um, I I think it could go one of two ways. My, My gut feel says that... If they feel it's not going to be voted in favor of, that they'll probably table it until a later date. But um, it's it's definitely, you know, um, a radical idea. And it shows just how frustrated and how flummoxed the league is right now in terms of trying to deal with this issue.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if when you just try to look at it in reverse and try to unpack how deep of a core issue and root issue this has become – If you're just at that point where we're getting or going to get radical and extreme type ideas of incentivizing a team simply because it's been ignored for so long and you can't expect it to just not get worse if people ignore it year in and year out.
1: Yeah, you know, the thing is the league has done um, in many ways all it can do at this point to try and reverse the trend. I mean, when you have things like the the Bill Walsh uh, Diversity uh, Coaching Fellowship, when you have things like the Rooney Rule, when you have things like um, these mentoring sessions and these networking sessions that the league has had with minority coaches in the off season, when you essentially, in some ways, you know, um, incentivize or, or talk to teams about the importance of diversity at the lower level, at the entry level position, those sorts of things. And yet you're not getting any traction. Um, The sense I get is just that there's sort of this frustration, like, what do we do next? How do we deal with this? And to have the commissioner at the Super Bowl acknowledge that this was an issue and it's something that needed to change, um, I just think that we're at this point now.
0: Do you think that there was something specific that maybe pushed it over the edge to where you are getting this type of reaction internally?
1: Yeah, I think the fact that um, over the last three hiring cycles, you've had 20 openings and only three have gone to a person of color. And one of those was, you know, a minority who simply changed jobs went to a different team. So um, that's an issue. The fact that you have 32 teams and only two African-American general managers in a league that's 70% black, that's an issue with them. Um, and so, you know, we keep getting all these reasons for why, um you know, that the diversity numbers are down and people start talking about, well, it's trendy, and right now owners are looking for young, hot offensive minds and those sorts of things. And then you have Eric Bieniemy in, in Kansas City who has worked with a league MVP and a Super Bowl MVP, and he gets passed over for a guy who's not even a coordinator in terms of uh, offense. So that was an issue. And, and in particular, I'm referring to Joe Judge with the Giants. So that mm-hmm. that opened a lot of people's eyes like, Okay, what is it then? You told us it was about offense and young guys and that sort of thing, and now you go out and you hire a guy who doesn't work with the quarterbacks um, and wasn't on anybody's list as a hot candidate as far as the NFL went uh, coming into this hiring cycle.
0: Yeah, and it seems as if year in and year out, the people, the candidates that get looked over are the most impacted by all of this, who should be helped the most by anything the NFL is doing, can say the least right? Because you can't blast a team. If you still want to continue to work and, and hopefully get interviews yeah. and land a job, you can't really blast. Even if you're right, you can't blast that squad.
1: Yeah, yeah you know, it's interesting um, that there's almost a sense at times when I talk to, to you know, um, minority coaches who have aspirations of climbing the ladder, at times, you know, it's almost like a sense of hopelessness that I hear yeah. in their voice. Like, what more do we have to do? And you know, when something like this, this resolution came out, um, you know, they were like, look, in essence, what the league is saying is we can't even count on the owners to hire us on, on our merits. We got to bribe them to 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 give minorities a chance. And, and so to them, what they're saying to me is that's a bad optic for the league. And then personally, they're saying it's insulting to them, because if they do get a job, then most people are going to say, oh, it's because of the color of their skin and not their qualifications and so they feel like they're damned if they you know either way
0: well do you think that uh, and combined with I'm, I'm sure there's going to be resistance internally from some teams do you think that is enough to where you mentioned at the beginning that even if it is voted on you, you're, maybe there isn't enough confidence this thing passes as opposed to just being tabled um
1: i'm not sure i i think that I think there's a discussion going on right Matter of fact, I don't think I know. There are discuss- discussions going on right now among owners, uh, between the owners and the league, um, all of that to try and figure out what to do next. You know, the thing that's disappointing here is that there are two resolutions as far as diversity goes that are going to be vote- are expected to be voted on Tuesday. And the other one is one that everyone that I have talked to supports, and that's eliminating the anti tampering rule as far as it relates to um, assistant coaches. Whereas in the past, teams could block assistant coaches from interviewing for coordinator positions. That's no longer going to be the case. From the end of the regular season until March 1st, uh, assistant coaches would be allowed to interview with other clubs for coordinator positions, which in turn could help get more minorities into the pipeline as coordinators, because as we know, um, one of the things that owners often look for is, is, do you have coordinators' experience before hiring a head coach? So... So that one's important, and, and that one is supported by most everyone I've talked to, and yet we're not even discussing that now. We're simply discussing the other resolution.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking here in Philly, Jim Trotter joining us at Jim Trotter underscore NFL, and there's a guy who has, I, I think all of us here in Philadelphia are shocked at times in which Deuce Staley has been passed over, yes, especially for a guy who looked clueless at times the last couple of years. And that's been a, a source of frustration, but we also know the connection that Deuce has to the Eagles and the love the Eagles have had for Deuce. So he there hasn't been a public discussion, if you will, where he's led it, but he's been a prime candidate we've seen of somebody who at the very least has been slighted once, if not more.
1: Yeah, no, the, his name has come up among people that I've talked to, someone who... You know, if 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 not for this anti tampering rule that limited the mobility of, of assistant coaches, um, he would have been a coordinator someplace uh, by now. So, you know, this is a this is a a resolution that if it passes, you would have to believe it would help. You know, um, assistant coaches like Deuce Daly have a better opportunity to become coordinators and to get in that pipeline.
0: Jim, I'm curious when you look at the initial story about incentivizing teams for minority hires, GMs and head coaches, the idea, even if it does go through, but just the idea first before it even gets voted on, if that on Tuesday, is there, or how much of a concern would there be outside of the candidate themselves feeling cheated based off this rule? How much of a concern would there be in passing this and really moving forward where it's not really it's not really fixing it so much as we've seen other passings and other rules and other resolutions passed but not really fixing the core issue is this just more of a surface solution i guess is what i was trying to get out sorry
1: well i I don't know that anyone really knows what the solution is you know as i said earlier that you know the league has tried so many different things um they put together a database. You know, they kept hearing about owners didn't know about minority coaches out there, even on a college level, who are involved with offense um, or who are coordinators, play callers, all those sorts of things. So they put together a database prior to this year's hiring cycle of all the minority coaches on the offensive side of the ball, you know, um, for teams to have. That didn't do any good um, in terms of. of, of you know, addressing this issue with owners. So, w- look, one of the issues here, and, and, I, and I've said this before, so I'm not speaking out of turn, this is not a league issue. This is an owner issue mm-hmm. because owners are the ones who hire coaches. Owners are the ones who hire general managers. And until the owners get to a point where they believe that these minority candidates are as qualified and capable of uh, whites in terms of running their teams on the field and in the front office, This is not going to change. And the unfortunate thing here is that we tend to paint with a broad brush, you know, and people say the owners. Well, not every owner feels this way. There have been owners, and there are owners who um, um, believe in diversity and believe in equal opportunity and those things, but they get lumped in with everyone else, and that's the unfortunate part here. So it's really more than anything, uh, more than than, than an owner, just an owner problem, It's it's a systemic problem, That we're talking about here and and the owners, it all falls on them to try and change this because they do the
0: hiring. Is there anybody who ideally, if they spoke out in the group of owners, would make at least the first step of concrete impact in changing this?
1: That's a great question. And I don't know because you're having sort of this, this transition in ownership. You know, Dan Rooney was one of those guys when he was alive. And, you know, uh, to use the cliche, put his money where his mouth is. When you look at him going out and getting Mike Tomlin at a time where when Bill Cowell retired, he could have very easily turned to Ken Wisenhunt or to Russ Grimm, who were on the staff. And instead, he had a certain formula that he wanted and what he was looking for in a coach. And he hired Mike Tomlin. Um, So, you know, the thing that's interesting about this whole process is whenever there are openings, what do we always hear? Right off the bat, who are the hot candidates? Who are the hot candidates? And if you're an owner, the question you should be asking before you ever ever get to who are the hot candidates is, what am I looking for in a coach? Do I want someone with experience or do I want someone fresh? Do I want someone who delegates or do I want someone who's hands-on? Do I want someone who's a motivator or do I want someone who maybe is more behind the scenes, you know, that sort of thing? Do I want offense, defense, special teams? Until you answer all those types of questions, you should not be asking yourself who's the hot candidate because you don't have a clear idea of what you're looking for in a coach. It's not simply enough to say, I want someone good. Well, you have to understand in your mind what constitutes good.
0: Mm. Jim, I can't thank you enough for the time here. I know it's a huge story, and it's going to be talked about at length over the next day, especially All day, TV, radio, across the board on Monday. So thank you for the time tonight. Just to get your thoughts on something completely different, we were talking about this. I don't know if you saw the MJ1s, game-worn MJ1s, sold for $560,000 at Sotheby's in an auction. Is there a piece of game worn memory right? Is there a piece of game worn memorabilia? Any athlete, any sport that comes to mind? Not equipment. It would just be like a jersey, cleats, or helmet. Anything game worn that would sell? You think for more than MJ's kicks? We were throwing some stuff around, and we thought maybe if if you played off of history and you took Jackie Robinson's cleats the day in which he breaks the color barrier, I mean, you would have to go large in order to compete, I think, with half a million dollars?
1: No, I think it would have to be something historical. Um, and what that would be, I don't know. But, yeah, I would think it, it definitely have to be something historical to, to get up in that round. But, man, a pair of sneakers going for half a million bucks, that's, that's wild, man.
0: You upset you weren't in on that, man? You could have cleared 560,
1: Jim. No, you know what the funny thing is? Um, I remember interviewing Jordan. I was in college at the time, back in D.C., and and um, they came to Washington for, for a game. And um, we interviewed him before the game. I, I, was, I was sort of interning with um, this one company, and we interviewed him before the game, and he had the kicks on. I remember we were all saying, man, that's fresh, because we had not seen anything like that before and whatnot little did i realize what it was going to lead to otherwise maybe i would have gotten me a pair back then
0: uh wait those are the ones you saw oh what didn't they look uncomfortable yes. yeah. didn't they i'm
1: sorry say it again
0: didn't they look a little uncomfortable
1: Um. nobody thought
0: it you know i think
1: back on it now like all of the sneakers back then were uncomfortable. <laughs> i used to wear the converse and yes, they were uncomfortable yes. they just but but they look cool so that was the thing you know when you're young that's all that matters um it's like women in high heels. I say to my wife, why do you wear high heels if they hurt and whatnot? Because it looks good, you know?
0: Yep. They can't say anything. Well, we can't say anything. You're right. We wore Converse, ready to break our yeah. ankles just to look good. It's amazing. <laughs> Jim, thank you. you, man. I wish you all the best. Thanks uh, again for the time tonight.
1: All right, buddy. Thank you, man.
0: You got it. Jim Trotter on the Progressive Guest Line. At Jim Trotter underscore NFL. We'll wrap the hour next year on SB Nation Radio.